0: Hey, Rebel, we all want change and we want it fast. Success overnight, five day challenges to get quick results. But it really, really, really doesn't work that way, does it? Now, here's a question for you What could you commit to doing for 300 days in a row? When Alice Carolina told me she committed to being visible on social media for 300 days, my jaw practically hit my desk. What? How? Wasn't that exhausting? And did she complete the challenge? And more importantly, how did this experiment cause an uprising in her business? Here's the thing. A challenge like this is not about going fast. It's about going slow to see changes. And that's something the big gurus do not want you to know. It's about slowing down to speed up. And that's what Alice and I talk about on the podcast today. The brilliance of doing a 300-day challenge so that you slow down to get results. But before we dive in, a bit about Alice. Alice Carolina is a brand architect, creative strategist, and the founder of The Ethical Move. In an instant gratification society, her mission is to disrupt the cycle of consumerism by creating a culture of meaning instead. She believes that making an impact and changing the world requires a new way of thinking and communicating. Businesses that stand out tell us stories of substance, share products that serve the world, and sell with integrity. It takes courage to leave the status quo behind and create a brand rooted in purpose and vision. Alice works with these brave souls, telling their stories and building their worlds. As you listen to the show, ask yourself where in your business do you need to slow down? Where do you need to take smaller, consistent actions? then direct message me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Michelle Mazur. And tell me, what did you take away? I would love to hear about how you want to slow down in order to speed up. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Rebel Rising Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to trailblazing, rule-breaking business owners who want to reach more people, make a bigger impact, and earn more money by growing their business into a movement. And I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur, the instigator and creator of The Three-Word Rebellion. Let's do this. Hi, Alice. Welcome to the Rebel Rising podcast. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Hi, Michelle. It's really great to be here. Well, before we dive into the show, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in the world?
1: Well, what a small question. Um, <laughs> my name is Alice Carolina. I am a brander and strategist for small business businesses and have recently created the ethical move uh, movement for ethical marketing. And yes, other than that, I just play around. I'm a bit of an artist. There's uh, lots of just thinking that's happening um, about life in general and how we operate in it. Um, yeah, I think that would probably define me pretty well.
0: Definitely want to talk about the ethical movement for marketing because I'm into that. <laughs> but I also want to ask you, what are you rebelling against?
1: Oh boy. So many things. (laughs) Mainly I'm rebelling against anything that only scratches the surface, anything that doesn't go deep, that doesn't have actual meaning. There's a lot of fast paced surface level stuff that's happening out there, uh, especially in the online business world that I find just, I don't know, a little boring. (laughs) And I just really despise anything that doesn't have the intention to go deeper and understand what they're what it's really there for or who it is really for or what it does for the world. So mm.
0: can you give yeah. us an example of
1: that? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably would like just maybe I should just dip into my own scene, the sort of branding uh, <sighs> area or anything, anything sort of coachy yeah. tends to be fast paced and quick and results have to happen immediately. And mm. you know, you put your website up in a weekend and, you know, all these things that just happen Mm. very fast. I don't know if fast is necessarily wrong. There's, um, there's just a, I don't know, just a sort of a, an instant gratification culture that's happening that I find a bit disconcerting because I think it leaves out a lot of the really good stuff. Yeah.
0: So what do you think it's leaving out?
1: Well, I think anything that actually considers longevity and long-term success or the other humans on the planet or other beings, really, the sort of fast paced or fast moving world leaves out a lot of the deeper conversations and then maybe, you know, contemplating a bit and taking a break or taking a pause at least to just kind of reflect on when what we're making and who we're making it for. It tends to be very (laughs) self-centered, I find. Mm -hmm. Um, Very sort of about me
0: (laughs) instead of really
1: about the people we're making things for or what we're making really and what it's doing for people. So I find when we go really fast and we try and whip something together or we try and, I don't know, succeed at a certain speed, we, we tend to not be able to have the time to reflect and make sure that what we're making is actually worthwhile.
0: It's interesting
1: because I had a conversation
0: on a consult last week where the client asked me, like, you you know, she's like, you have a lot of great testimonials, but I noticed that you don't have a lot of testimonials that talk about, like, how much money your clients are currently making. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And she's like, are your clients not making money? And I'm like, uh... No, I would say my clients are making money, but I, I, that's not the way I choose to advertise my business. I was like right. some of my clients have done very well from themselves, but that's not the important result
1: from my yeah. work. <laughs> well, it's interesting because that that is kind of a, an image, a snapshot of what we're looking for when we move fast is how can we generate income at a certain level. And the thing is, like, we're business people, of course, of course, we want to generate an income. Otherwise, you don't have to do this stuff. And we need to live. <laughs> yes, after all. So, yes, of course, but there's different ways of living. Like um, I found for myself, I like to live on a little less, but have more time. Other mm-hmm. people like to, you know, dig in and work every day, all night, all, you know, all week um, and not take weekends off. And, you know, they reap the benefits. That's great, too. There's just no, there's no real metric for success, right? Yeah. Mean, this seems to be. I hope this is common knowledge at this point. So, I mean, income is just a very easy sort of black and white thing to look at, but it also tends to leave out the deeper questions like what is important to you and what, Mm. you know, what, what does success mean even for your business? And does it mean more to you to earn more or to know who you are and to know what you're doing and to know what you're doing is good?
0: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I feel like that's such a big theme that's coming up for my clients, like in client sessions. I've done a few podcast interviews in the past few days and that's like been a big (laughs) theme that's come up in those conversations (laughs) about really defining what success looks like for you Mm -hmm. and it's not in terms of the metrics.
1: Yeah, or choose your own metrics. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, you can even in the little workout program that I'm in. Do you want to measure your weight? Do you want to measure your girth? Or do you want to measure your feelings? Like, you can choose (laughs) as long as you have your own sort of set of metrics, I guess, if you want to, if you want to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, measure your own way to success. Exactly. So if it means, hey, I haven't, I have slept through every single night this week, that to me is a a good level of success. If I'm too stressed, I wake up at night and I churn and I don't want to do that. So, you know, so choose your own metrics if you want. But, um, but unfortunately, like, I think, well, unfortunately, it's just how it happened that how much income generated is tends to be the, the question that everybody asks, because for some reason, money is the Having made it factor,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's the 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 so yeah, fast is the money. Fast is like, oh, do it in a weekend, do it in thirty days or thirty minutes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, and I'm trying to think of the best way to like phrase this, and I'm not sure if this is the best (laughs) word, but um, what do you think is harmful about moving so fast all the time?
1: Uh, harmful.
0: I harmful think. might not be the best word, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like it's yeah.
1: negative, right? It's well, in my to my mind, it is because yeah. I I don't know. I value slowing down um, just for my health. Even I find mm. it uh, if I move too fast, uh, it's kind of even if you're like walking around the house. If you're moving too fast, stuff spills over. You we've all had those days, right? Where you. Yeah. You know, in the morning you're like, oh, I have to get to the meeting real quick, and then all of a sudden everything falls over and everything spills, and you know, the quick coffee, cup of coffee we're going to make just turns into like a half an hour ordeal where you have to pick up all the beans off the floor. And I find when we move too fast, we we tend to just make a mess and that we have to clean <laughs> up the mess. So I think harmful might be like I don't know if it's harmful to everyone, but I find we we lose depth and we lose the, um, yeah, like I said, the the actual time to reflect. And I think reflection is really important to actually make an integrous choice about our business. Mm -hmm. Um, If we just have the dangling carrot in front of our face and we don't, you know, we don't see the sort of bigger picture or even understand who the carrot is for or whatever. uh, Maybe that metaphor doesn't work very well. But it just, there's just an immediacy about the game that becomes the lifeline instead of um, having more of a foundation and actually knowing where you stand and being able to take a breath and I don't know, take Christmas off or something. Yeah. Well, and I think reflection helps us grow, see
0: how far we've come and, you know, we're recording this in, in January of 2020. And I know for me, like <laughs> having those two weeks off between Christmas and New Year's, like that's always such a fertile time of like new ideas and breakthroughs. And, you know, Absolutely. I'm sitting here watching The Mandalorian and Disney films, <laughs> but I, it's like the most creative time ever.
1: I agree. I agree. And I think not just for things that we can generate, but also for things we can discover, just the things that pop into our minds that we wouldn't have. Otherwise, if we were just going, 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 we don't have any moment for anything new to come into our minds. We just go with what we have right in front of us and what we know right now. So I think, I think having more time and more space and invites more collaboration and more openness and more interest and discovery. And I, I don't know how many times I've had client projects come out of like come out of a stage of of stalling because we didn't know where we were going to full fruition because we just took a break and just said, okay, let's step back. We need to like reassess what's going on. And then often there's something right there under the surface that we just didn't have time to see.
0: So it sounds like one of the big changes you want to create in the world is creating that space. Yeah, maybe, huh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I you know it's really funny I when you said before like do this thing in 30 days or this in a weekend there's um I there was like a time about three or four years ago where that was the craze everybody constantly popped in you know with like a weekly challenge this and a 30 day challenge with this and I'm sure they're still out there but oh, I yeah. haven't paid oh, attention yeah. oh yeah okay never mind but what I noticed is like yeah 30 days doesn't do much like I don't I don't really see a significant change so what I chose to do is, Uh, create my own 300 day challenge Mm. um, and just do about 20, 15 to 20 habits every single day for 300 days based on sort of one intention or one cause. Oh, Um, I know, I know. And the first time blew it out of the park. Like I couldn't even understand how much I'd grown in that year or almost year, I suppose. Wow. Um, I'm almost at the end of my third one and I, I can't even, my life is completely different. So there's like a, there's a space that, like you said, there's a space that was created that turned into trust and understanding of my own self and how I, how I process things and doing things every day, make me trust myself to a level where I have full confidence in everything that I do now, which I didn't experience before. So had I done it for 30 days, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have had the same impact, right? Yes. But yeah.
0: So tell me a little bit more about this 300-day challenge. I would love to, like, like tell me if if you want to. Tell me a little bit about the first one that you created. What was the intention around it? What happened? Like, I'm so excited to hear about this.
1: (laughs) I know. It's so funny because it sort of started out of a pretty bad spell in my life, as things usually do. Um, I had decided to go fully nomadic. I I'm originally from Switzerland and I was living in Canada at the time in a place that I didn't really like. And I had decided, okay, now enough with like all the furniture buying and selling and wasting too much money. I'm just going to go down to two bags and maybe a third with a snowboard bag and that's it. And <laughs> I'm going to decide where I live. And so basically all I had was like a bank account in Canada and a phone plan. And that was it. <laughs> and, um, and, I went back to Switzerland for a couple of months just to sort of like regroup and all of my clients had sort of like, there was a lot of contracts that had just ended. Like it was kind of a natural like time of ending. So I kind yeah. of went back home and to spend time with fam- family and friends. That part was wonderful, but oh my God, nomadism and complete freedom. Well, I call it limbo. Like I was floating, not in a good way. Like I didn't have any plans or any. F- any set commitment or anything. And it was awful. (laughs) It was like, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it just, I just had basically taken all the roots out from underneath me and just, I was floating in space. And so from that space, I had to like decide where to live, even what continent to live on and whether I wanted to keep going with my business or whether I wanted to get a job and what job would I get? (laughs) Like everything was up in the air. So a good friend of mine actually <laughs> told me on the phone, she's like, don't be crazy. Come back, <laughs> come back here to Vancouver. And, you know, build like you have a community here, build your business again. Don't be, don't be an idiot, basically. Uh-huh. So I was like, sure, I'll listen to you. I don't have any better plans. Uh-huh. So instead of like going to London or Singapore or wherever I would have, would have wanted to go. Um, I went back to Vancouver to my sort of community there that I had lived with. And that sort of created birth, this idea that I needed some sort of commitment in my life. Mm. that would not go away right away where I could that I could hold to um and a friend of mine and I went to uh went to walk along the seawall I don't know if you've ever been to Vancouver but oh yeah what yeah so walked along the water and basically came up with a plan because she was in a similar space with her business and we were like okay so this year we're gonna focus on our businesses and you know do like everyday money-making activities and Mm. so we came up with like 20 habits some of them were, you know, like health habits, like yoga and water and whatever the things yeah. that you do to keep your health up. And then some of them were about business making, like uh, being visible every day. That was a pretty challenging one. So Ooh, being yeah. visible on social media every day for 300 days in <laughs> some form. Or, you know, something similar along those lines, or be at a talk or be in a community, just be visible in some way. Yeah, And then lots of other things. But the main category that blew my mind was uh, what I call grit, mm-hmm. uh, where I had to say no to something every single day. Uh, and I had oh. to say yes to something every single day. Yeah, there were just a few habits around boundaries and um, setting setting intentions. And so the first 300-day challenge was born and I started tracking and I started tracking you know wins and and things that I, you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> talk about money. Like I actually started to invest in my business in a different way. And the funny thing is like my business just did what it did. It didn't even matter because the personal gain that I got from it was unreal. I don't know. I reconnected with myself in a totally different way because all of a sudden I had this trust in the steady pace that was just relentless, never, never ending, but like, in a good way. I don't know. And then I found out that commitment is really freedom and not the other way around. Mm. So there's just, yeah, there's so much to be gained from a solid foundation and a clear path and commitment to oneself.
0: I have to ask, how far were you into the challenge before you realized that commitment was freedom? (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness. I think I wrote a blog post around hundred and fifty days in. Okay. You're about Um, halfway. About halfway. Yeah. It took me a long time to get it. Um, but the feeling of freedom was so unreal. It was it was just a I don't know. There's something about about um solid ground under your feet that just gives you clarity and peace.
0: Mm, well, and I think when you're doing the right actions, like when you know what to do and you see those things working day after day, yeah, that exactly. you're just like, oh, okay, I just have to do these things and it's making my business work. It's like, oh, absolutely simple.
1: <laughs> I know it's simple, but it's so funny because you have to remember to take the smallest possible increment. Like you yes. can't. Expect yourself to, I don't know, at first I thought, well, 20 minutes of exercise every day, and that just doesn't work. (laughs) It's too much, because I wouldn't always be able to commit to that, but I decided to roll out my mat every day. So every day, I just rolled out my mat. I could do yoga, or stretch, or exercise, or whatever, or nothing. I could just lie there or leave the mat in their room and walk away. I just had to do it. <laughs> you just so had to roll out the mat. <laughs> I just had to roll out the mat. And it's funny because once it's rolled out, you're like, well, I better exercise now. Like there's no, there's no limit anymore to, or limitation, I should say. There's no, like, what should I say? Like there's nothing to overcome. It's already there, so you might as well.
0: Yeah. Um, you
1: start, you start knowing that you can do it. You just start trusting yourself in a different way and that's what made all the difference. I've read James Clear's Atomic Habits. Oh, yes. I I heard of that. Yeah. I I had not heard about it until like two months ago. Oh my gosh. You would probably love it because it supports almost everything you just
0: said, but I think he talks, uh, I forget what he calls it. I think it's something like an initiation habit, right? Where it's it's just the smallest increment. Like you roll out the yoga mat. And that's all it it is because you have to start small. Like if you think to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym for three hours a day, (laughs) like that's never going to work. (laughs) But if you think I'm going to put on my gym shoes.
1: (laughs) Precisely. It's all about that little bump that you need to get over in the beginning and which is usually just... It's like getting starting work. The only thing I do now is bring a cup of water to my desk. That's it. It yeah. might have been him that wrote that. I don't know, <laughs> but I read that somewhere, and I'm like, oh great! Now motivation is—you don't need to battle motivation. You just sit there and do it. You don't. Yeah, because it's it, the-
0: yeah, it's almost like it's the like it's the starting code of it, right? It's just like oh, exactly. I. I Got the glass of water, and that's the sign that I'm going to sit down and do my work now. I love totally. that.
1: Yeah,
0: I love it, and I love how holistic it was too, because it wasn't just like yeah. business; it was also about like your health and your well-being.
1: Well, I think that I don't know. You might you might have similar a similar experience, but for me and for most of my friends, uh, our businesses really are who we are as well. Like they're an extension of ourselves, and not as a like. We don't need it to live. Well, never mind. We do need it to live, but it's not sort of a codependent situation where our business is everything and nothing else matters. Not not like that. More like a, a, a part of our identity. Yes. And when we become or are our businesses and we we relate to it that way, then anything we do for ourselves um, by extension becomes something that we do for our business and vice versa um so i feel like the two really don't like they aren't separated often this is so funny often in my strategy calls with people almost no i would say every single time i have a strategy call about someone's brand or someone's identity there's always the question um how do i separate the professional from the personal or how can i bring in my really cool writing stuff into this totally unrelated other thing there's always this, this idea that the two things are mutually exclusive and you Mm -hmm. can't be professional and also personal and vice versa. Like there's this idea that has to be separated or something has to be said about it instead of using them together as one. And that often I find when we find a a, a story behind like how the two connect, there usually is no, no difference anymore. So to me, those 300 days or taking time or reflecting or creating the space really is for your business if you're doing it for yourself.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as I start, yeah, as soon as I decide to like, oh, I'm going to watch the Baby Yoda show for a while, <laughs> that's <laughs> when like my creative ideas start for my business because I right? decided to take some time for myself and just kind of relax. and Totally just unwind because we can't constantly be creating and at our computers and doing we're not designed like that we are designed to take these pauses
1: absolutely yeah and especially for the creative process like you know I mean there needs to be that that space you can't you can't keep going and the the way that online entrepreneurs especially um, I would say any business owner to be honest you have, you're generating, you're constantly generating, Mm -hmm. you're doing creative work all the time. And you might not notice it, but that's very high caliber work. And so there's no way, there's no way you, you can't, like you have to decompress in some way. Otherwise you, you run yourself ragged.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 I, like a million percent agree with that (laughs) and it's funny because you know with the messaging work I do every once in a while people will say because I see clients every other week and they'll be like oh but can't we do this faster and I'm like no (laughs) I'm like this is a highly creative process like we need time to percolate especially if your three-word rebellion doesn't come through right away
1: I know. But also, how could it like you you need to give it the space to to emerge. There's also something very almost a little magical about it. There's a there's a a part in the creative process um, that just there's nothing, there's just nothing Mm -hmm. there. And it feels awful. But it's It's literally the birthplace of everything good. And it it just has to be acknowledged and it has to be left alone. Um, And I think that's that's something that happens. I remember one of my clients one time she wrote me after a session, I think it was like ten days after our session, and she said, Oh my goodness, I can't work anymore. There's nothing going on. (laughs) Like I don't have motivation. I'm like sitting on the couch not getting anything done. And all I could be, all I could say is like, this is normal. This is what happens. We just made some big changes. We just shifted your DNA, DNA around a bit. So now you need to like, let it do its thing. And it's not like, it doesn't feel like fun, but it's where the gold is. So just let it sit. And then sure enough, a week later, she's like, I have my new program. Everything is amazing. <laughs> so there's, there's, you know, but this is like this is every story ever told in this realm in in my opinion. There's always this like total breakdown mm-hmm. and then and then something new emerges. Anytime you let your brain relax and you just kind of give in and or not give in, but surrender to it, which yeah. is such a hype word. I don't like using the word surrender anymore. Yes. But there's, you know, there's a there's a, a handing over, so to speak, to just your brain to your subconscious, to, to let it do the work. Yeah, to be
0: like, I trust you. I know you're going to come through for me. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it always does. Like yes. if you let it. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Totally. So I have one final question for you. So mm-hmm. if everyone acted on slowing down, taking this pause, letting ourselves rest, what do you think
1: the world would be like? You know, <laughs> I think there would be – what I hope for even with the ethical move is – sort of a flat marketplace, like Mm. a place where people have goods that they sell and they sell them to people that need them. And there's no hype around it, no psychology around it. There's just a, hey, I have this cool thing I made um, and I see that you need it. And they are like, well, okay, what's your price? (laughs) I don't know. There's just a flatness to it. Yeah. I think that if we let ourselves be less jostled around by the hustle and bustle that we all think we need to be part of, there would just be more space for real and good products to come out of that. Um, something that has been created well and actually serves, serves the right people in the right way and not just something that will generate some income until the next thing, you know, it just, we need to be more intentional with our products, even if it's mm. a service and more and more aware of the sort of long-term benefits or harms of it and mm-hmm. how, you know, how, how our clients feel about it? Do we, does, is it needed? Um, do, you know, if it's not, then you, then you don't need to make it. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, you need to have that time to reflect to see, okay, so where are my clients? Who, who do I love working with? And who, who needs what I have? And if you don't have anything to offer, then, you know, reconsider. Think about something that actually would make sense. When you slow down, you might notice that there's not a whole lot there. And if there's Mm. not, then it's fine to be, you know, to leave. I went back to a job because I'm like, right now, I don't have anything to give. There's nothing here anymore. I'm just stressed out. So I'm just going to go and be a normal paycheck for a minute and, you know, get my bearings. And it was wonderful. It was so good. And obviously, you learn so much from any experience. So Uh,
0: that is so good. And I also think as far as like the buyer's experience, like if we slow down and we actually think, oh, do you, is this what my business needs right now? Is this what I exactly. need? Is this going to like get me closer to my goal or further away from my goal um is this Is this a distraction? i mean yeah. like, then we make better decisions for ourselves and for our businesses um and i I just Absolutely. think yeah it it helps us in the buying process
1: yes, for sure, and there's also the aspect that you know sometimes. Sometimes we're scared. We're scared of what to, what we're going to find when we slow down.
0: Because if <laughs> oh, you actually yeah. have
1: to reflect, right, then you're, you're looking at some hard truth. Mm-hmm. And you might not like it, but I don't think I've ever seen someone not, you know, when they actually listen and stop, there's only good that can come from it. It just seems scary at first because, you know, if you keep going, (laughs) you don't have to look uh, and you just, you can stay on the surface, but it will, you'll eventually go down. Like that's just what happens, I think, or in my experience anyways. And so I'd I'd rather create something that keeps me afloat well and not just, I don't want to be just ahead of the charge and like kind of waiting for the sort of, you know, the charge to catch up with me, but you know, and sink me.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Well, Alice, tell everyone where they can find you online. I am on alicecarolina.com, Carolina with a K. That's where you can find my work and you can book my services.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being on the Rebel Rising podcast. I so appreciate your time. I know. It was so fun. I love this. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Rising podcast. If you enjoy the show and find it valuable, please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you leave us a review, you help more people find the show. For more information on working with me on your three-word rebellion messaging or your keynote speech and speaker marketing, go to drmichellemazer.com. See you next time, Rebel Riser.